Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michelle, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of December 23rd through December 29th. I uh, hope you are enjoying uh, Capricorn season and um, the ingress of the sun into the Saturnian ruled sign, uh, coinciding with the winter solstice energy, um, setting some new intentions for the year ahead, and uh, just getting ready to. Uh, you know, witness the return of that solar light. Uh, this week, we have the sun uh, making a trine, a supportive trine to retrograde Uranus on Tuesday the 24th, Christmas Eve. Uh, and then we have a new moon solar eclipse in the sign of Capricorn on Thursday the 26th, very early in the morning on the East Coast at four degrees Capricorn. Um, so that's going to set off a whole new uh, chapter marker here and, and uh, a whole new set of circumstances that we are going to have to to work through. Um, it's going to be conjoining Jupiter. So Jupiter is very involved in the new moon solar eclipse this week. And Jupiter itself is going to be um, creating its own uh, condition called Kazemi. I don't know if it's creating it, but it's, it is uh, coming into conjunction with the sun and going through its own kind of rebirth and um, you know, allowing a new a new Jupiter cycle to start. So we're going to be getting some very new, like Jupiterian jovial impulses uh, in the both the Capricorn ruled area of our chart, and it'll have uh, relationships to the Sagittarius and uh, Piscean areas of our chart, since Jupiter is providing for both of those houses. So we'll look at that in more depth. That's going to be exact on Friday the 28th. Mercury is going to be moving into Capricorn uh, this week as well. And uh, we'll talk about uh, a few of the, the decans associated with, with where Mercury is and where Venus is this week. Okay, so essential dignities for the week. The sun is moving through the first decan of Capricorn, where it is peregrine, which means it is a wanderer. It doesn't have essential dignity, so it's not, not at its strongest. Um, we are seeing the return of the light with the winter solstice, so the, you know, the days are starting to get longer again and uh, you know, overcome the night. It, the nighttime is still longer, of course, because we're, we're at the, the wintertime where the angle uh, of the earth is, is creating longer nighttime than daytime. Um, but we are seeing this slow climb back up the mountain, so to speak, like that, like that mountain goat. Uh, and you can literally see this, the sun start to ascend its position in the sky as it, as it rises. So it'll be rising slightly higher each day, you know, so it's, there definitely is an ascension quality with that. Um, the sun's going to be moving through the terms of Mercury, zero to seven degrees uh, in the first degrees of Capricorn. Uh, Jupiter will be moving through the first decan of Capricorn as well, where it is in its fall throughout the entire sign of Capricorn, but it does have some dignity by decan or face uh, in that first 10 degrees. Um, remember we talked about last week where decans were kind of considered a mask for the sign or, uh, you know, something that like an appearance it was putting on. Um, it will also be moving through the terms of Mercury through those first seven degrees. A lot of, lot of uh, Capricorn, Capricorn energy this, this week. Uh, Saturn will be moving through the third decan of Capricorn, where it, it continues to have rulership by domicile, where it's in its own home sign. It will be on the terms of Venus. We explored in the, the uh, video last week um, the Four of Pentacles, which is associated with Saturn three, or with Capricorn three, sorry. Um, where Saturn is right now. Uh, and that was, you know, talking about administrating uh, the, the responsibility that we may have gained in a certain area of our life, it being a, a solar decan, a, a sun-ruled decan or face, where we are, you know, we, we put the plan into action, um, we built something, and now we have to, you know, manage it. So that's kind of some of the energy of Saturn right now is managing the things that we've created. And I don't know about you, but um, started all sorts of new things recently. And uh, it definitely is, is like a grind to, to manage all of them. And I think that's what Saturn is asking us to do right now is we may have started some new things and, and restructured a lot of things. And now it's time to kind of just uh, take the, the responsibility necessary to 
make sure that they function well and to make sure that we're, uh, you know, committing to the, you know, to the types of things that we've taken on, um, you know, whether it's getting where you need to be on time, uh, you know, if you've gotten new clients, like communicating with them and making sure that they're happy, uh, whether it's through a new schedule that you've been able to implement or a new habit, maintaining that habit, maybe something that we're looking at with Saturn in this position. Um, you know, it's one thing to decide that you want to do a new exercise routine or something like that. Um, it's another thing to continue to do it after it doesn't become, you know, the, the after the rush of, of the new thing wears off, you know, trying to maintain that is, is where the real discipline comes in, the mental di and physical and emotional discipline will come in. So I think that that's what we're looking at with Saturn. Uh, Venus will be moving into the second uh, decan of Aquarius after moving through the first decan for uh, the first few days of the week, where it has rulership by face and is an, in its own terms. Um, it will be in the terms of Mercury for the first seven degrees, sorry, and then it'll be on its own terms from seven to 13 degrees. Uh, and then it'll lose that uh, decan rulership when it moves into Aquarius 2. Um, but still have, you know, that rulership by by bound or terms where, you know, Venus will be able to start setting the curriculum and, you know, it'll be the etiquette necessary to do Venetian things will be um, more supported uh, where, you know, communicating in a harmonious way, creating win-win situations, uh, trying to find balance and aesthetic beauty through things. Uh, and, in, and in Aquarius, it may be through something odd or scientific or um, where you are needing to see the, the bigger picture. Um, Mars will be in the third decan of Scorpio still, where it has domicile rulership. It's in its own temple for a period of time. I think this is one of the last weeks of Mars in Scorpio. So get while the getting's good. It's going to be moving into Sagittarius and losing some dignity um, as we move into January. Uh, it is in the, it also has triplicity rulership by the nighttime because Mars is the nocturnal ruler of the water signs. Um, and then it'll be in the terms of Jupiter from 19 to 24 degrees, and then the terms of Saturn from 24 to 30. Uh, remember, we have at least one malefic ruling the final, final degrees of a sign. So that's why when a planet starts to get into the final degrees, it we may experience it with a little bit more challenge or hardship because it's either in the, the bounds of Saturn or Mars, and that tends to make things work a little bit. Um, we have to work a little harder to make things move, move smoothly, smoothly forward. Um, Mercury is going to be moving through the third decan of Sagittarius, where it is still in its exile. It's in the domicile of Jupiter, where it, it is not super comfortable. Uh, it loses some of the, the flexibility and ability to see both sides of the equation and may get a little bit um, uh, dogmatic in that, in that particular area of the zodiac. Uh, we will see Mercury moving through the terms of Saturn from 21 to 26 degrees, and then Mars from 26 to 30. So some of the dogmatic uh, thinking may, may take on a little bit of a confrontational nature as it moves through Saturn and then through Mars in particular. So be very careful this week about your communication style and getting fixed in your position and uh, you know, adhering to only your belief system without being able to take in someone else's viewpoint because it may cause some conflicts. It may be maybe some arguments that come up with that. Uh, and we may not be expressing ourselves in the in the way that is most effective for creating um, a back and forth. Uh, there's a, a difference between getting up on your soapbox and sharing your viewpoints and actually having a conversation with somebody. So uh, be, be careful of that this week. Mercury will be moving into the first decan of Capricorn um, later in the week where it is in its own terms. So it'll be out of exile, which will be an improvement, and it'll be on its own terms or in its own bound where uh, it, communication should start to flow easier towards the end of the week. Um, it's moving into that first seven degrees, right, of Capricorn, where it has its own uh, mercurial rulership by term. Uh, the moon this week will be starting off in its fall in Scorpio and then quickly moving into Sagittarius, where it has ruler, rulership by face or decan in the second decan between 10 and 20 degrees of Sagittarius. It will then move through its exile in Capricorn, where it has triplicity rulership in the nighttime. 
and then into Aquarius at the end of the week, where by the third decan, it will have rulership by face or by decan. Um, 20 to 30 degrees Aquarius, it'll be a little bit more effective than it'll be in the early degrees. Uh, as far as lunar phase stuff, we've got a balsamic moon in the beginning of the week, which is kind of tying up loose ends, you know, consolidating everything we learned from the previous lunar cycle uh, into a seed to be planted at this very powerful new moon eclipse that's happening um, towards the end of the week, on, very early on Thursday. All right, there we go. So many details. Uh, Monday, the 23rd, we're going to be starting off on a Scorpio moon. I'm going to share, your, share the screen here. Get my words out. Thanks, Mercury. This will be my last, uh, hopefully it'll be my last video with Mercury and Sagittarius where loud things in the background are fumbling over them, trying to get them out, but we'll see how it goes. So Monday the 23rd, uh, starting off with that moon in uh, Scorpio, in that balsamic phase, so a period of release, a period of tying up those loose ends and getting ready for that brand new start. Um, the moon will be making a sextile to Venus at 7.38 p.m. You can see that happening here as it moves into uh, the sign of Sagittarius. Um, because it's going to be moving into Sagittarius around lunchtime, 11.30 or so. So we'll get out of that maybe broody, broody uh, depressed moon and into a, a, a little bit more of an optimistic uh, emotional state, hopefully. Uh, with Mercury, though, Mercury is going to be moving into the third decan of Sagittarius uh, this week. And we can see this is associated with the Ten of Wands. Um, this third decan of Sagittarius, we've been experiencing this this past week. Um, and I talked about a little bit of that, about that with the sun moving through that decan, where we can see that uh, this is kind of a feeling of oh, like a burden, carrying a burden, right? And in the card, we see a figure with his head down. He's carrying all these wands. He's moving towards his goal, but he may be oppressed. They, they call this oppression or the horse's skull, according to Austin Kopic, right? Um, and I, I want to compare this this type of energy to being a little bit barn eager. I've, I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but barn eager is, is where you know it used to describe when a you know a horse was on a long journey, and you know he was both tired but also started to recognize the surroundings and got that second wind to to get you towards the the finish line. So there's this feeling of of maybe fatigue, but also you see the end is in sight and you're able to kind of uh, you know, dig deep in your spirit to get you across that final um, accomplishment. And we see this with the sun. And I, I don't know, I don't know about all of you, but for a lot of students, um, it was like finals week. It was the end of a semester as we get ready for the break. Um, I know in our family, we had a lot of papers that were due all at once. And there was a lot of late nights that were happening, getting all the work done, um, lots of physical activity with the sports. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, you, you are moving past that as we move into the Capricorn sun period of time. But now Mercury takes its turn through that area of the zodiac, where it may be through uh, some of our communications start to feel like we're, we're laboring a little bit, but we can see the end in sight. Maybe there's a negotiation that's taking place that you've you know, put a lot of effort and energy into and you're sort of tired of it and you want to be done with it. But you can kind of see that you're getting really close to an agreement, right? Uh, and you've got to push through. Remember, this is a Saturn-ruled phase, so there's, there's some necessity that is coming into play. So Mercury is, is drawing upon resources provided from it by, uh, by Jupiter, but also there's a Saturnian flavor to this particular area of that, of that Jupiterian-ruled um, area of the chart or the zodiac. Um, yeah, finals week for sure. Uh, it's just a lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of assignments. A lot of like, okay, I gotta, gotta get this done, and it just has to get done type of thing. Take a look also, not only to the Sagittarius area of your chart, the house ruled by Sagittarius, but look at Gemini and Virgo to see um, what Mercury is going to be providing for from this kind of weakened state in its exile uh, from Sagittarius. So. 
there may be some kind of um, issue that's connected with the Gemini house of your chart and the and the Virgo ruled house of your chart that is kind of birthing itself through that Sagittarius birth channel. Okay, Tuesday the 24th. Let's see if we can get through these. We've got a lot of stuff to get through. There's always a lot of stuff in these videos here, but uh, a lot of astrology always happening all the time. Uh, the moon is going to be in Sagittarius on the Tuesday, the 24th, Christmas Eve, uh, if that's what you celebrate. And it'll be the balsamic phase again. Um, the moon is going to be making a square to Neptune at 16 degrees of Sagittarius and Pisces at 3.57 p.m. Uh, the moon is going to be under the bond still here, okay? And it's going to go under the bond, Um around seven o'clock in the evening. And remember the bond, the bond in that Hellenistic tradition was when the moon was in within 15 degrees, excuse me, of, other, of either side of the sun, either by conjunction or opposition. And it was a weakening condition for, for any planet really that was getting that close to the sun, but, but also for the moon when we're going into these new and, and full moons. Um, so this is kind of where we may, some of the significations of the moon may be hidden uh, where we may feel a little bit of weakness physically or emotionally since the moon was associated with the body. Uh, you know, there may be difficulty bringing things uh, into manifestation since the moon was uh, associated with bringing things into form. So that may be a challenge as well when the moon is under the bond. Um, the other aspect that we have on Tuesday is this trine from the sun to the planet Uranus. You can see, see that right there from uh, Capricorn to Taurus. And this is, this is like I said, this is a, an echo of the Jupiter um, Uranus trine that we were experiencing about a week ago. So now the sun is taking its turn making a trine. So if we were to break this down, what are we going to think about? Well, we talked about the two of pentacles as the first decan of Capricorn and the uh, five of the five of pentacles being associated with where Uranus is hanging out in the first decan of Taurus. So this is uh, kind of a, a maybe we, we are getting innovative with the way we use our resources. Um, we are deciding where we want to plant our seeds, where we want to plant the um, the new identity that we want to build. This may be even more prominent with the sun making a trine. Uh, Jupiter was kind of making a, a, an expansive, supportive energy to the new start that we're making in that Taurus world area of our chart, uh, where we are, you know, breaking down old structures and trying to do things in a very new, innovative way. And now the sun is taking its turn, kind of helping us craft a new uh, solar identity around that. Um, maybe it's, it helps us to deal with issues of how we command our authority. Um, the sun being associated with kind of this like uh, paternal father archetype where we are able to issue commands towards what kind of actions are taking place. You know, the, the essential nature of Mars was to take the action. The essential nature of the sun is to command that action. And we may be feeling a little bit more uh, desirous of freedom of autonomy. We may want to break free of some of the authority figures we have in our life if we're seeing the, the connection of that, that masculine solar authority and Uranus. Uh, we may feel an, a desire to, to be the nonconformist. Um, we may have a little bit of an inner restlessness. Or we may be inspired to be a little bit more spontaneous with the things that we are uh, doing through through maybe our routines or how we're planning things out, depending on where it falls in your chart. Um, there may be breakthroughs or breakdowns with father figures or authority figures in your life. So just be very conscientious of that and aware of that. It is a supportive trine. So it may be more uh, likely that it is a breakthrough with those types of folks in your life. And this is happening around, you know, the, uh, uh, Christmas Eve, so maybe this is related to someone in your family or something. You know, if you're going home for the holidays, whatever you celebrate, uh, perhaps there is a productive conversation with a father figure in your life or 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 an authority figure that could lead to a new understanding and a new way of 
them seeing you or you seeing them. And uh, hopefully it's a fruitful conversation. Um, it may be a little bit more sober as we move into the, the Capricorn moon uh, area of the, the week. Um, <laughs> seeing these holidays being, again, in the beginning of the week, maybe we're feeling that like exuberant, uh, you know, holiday feeling where we're maybe overdoing things or uh, feeling some optimism and some joy. But then it quickly moves again into that very somber, um, you know, exiled Capricorn moon. I don't know about all of you, but when I, over Thanksgiving, I had a sick cat and, and I ended up canceling my travel plans. And uh, it was just kind of a very, you know, there was a, a limitation involved with, with that moon and that lunar aspect that was happening or that lunar position. It felt kind of heavy and like dark. And uh, I, that was a, I talked to a lot of friends that were experiencing similar types of uh, experiences over that holiday. And there's kind of a similar vibe happening um, at this point in the holiday season as well. So look out for that. Uh, We're just moving towards some kind of heavy energy uh, with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and these eclipses happening um, in the sign of Capricorn and and Cancer, respectively. All right. As we move forward into Wednesday, the 25th, Christmas Day, we are going to uh, see the moon move into Capricorn at 4.45 p.m., still in its balsamic phase, tying up loose ends. You can see that it hasn't quite become new yet. Uh, in the morning, the moon is going to make a conjunction with uh, Mercury in the sign of Sagittarius, at 24 degrees Sagittarius. You can see that kind of manifesting right here. Um, where there may be some some uh, conversations that are happening, that's another time to be very careful about getting too attached to your own own point of view and your own opinion and your own uh, fervent belief system. Uh, that could be maybe a landmine there of of conversations that you're having with important people in your life, where uh, it's very easy for, like I said, it's easy for us to get very enthusiastic about what we believe and. It, it could make it very difficult to to see someone else's perspective. I think Mercury, um, while it is still an immutable sign, gets this passionate like uh, desire to want to unify everything into one kind of you know holistic type of thing where it is it loses its ability to see things from a lot of different perspectives and wants to unify everything into this one like I said it and that's it you know. Um, <laughs> we were watching uh, that that new Star Wars series recently, The Mandalorian, which is pretty cool. Um, of course, Baby Yoda is the star of that. But there's another character that is helping out the the main character, the Mandalorian bounty hunter, and and at the end of everything, he's like, "I have spoken," you know, and he's like, "And that's that's it. There's no more conversation. There's no more back and forth." He's like, "I'm done. I said what I said," and that may be a little bit of the energy with this Mercury. Is like, "I, I said it." I'm standing by it. There's no more conversation that needs to take place. So I would be, I'd be careful of that because that may work uh, on a, the desert planet of Tant- Tatooine, <laughs> but it might not work at your dinner table uh, during your holiday season. That's, um, so like I said, an, an interesting way of thinking about that. Uh, the moon is going to be making a trine to retrograde Uranus as it moves into Capricorn at two degrees. So um, we saw the sun taking its turn trining Uranus, and now the moon is going to be taking its its time trining uh, Uranus, so that we could see some of our lunar significations getting the similar treatment with you know the Promethean forward thinking um, crystallization breaking patterns. Uh, anytime you're experiencing this energy, look to the house not only that the aspect is manifesting across, but what the house that it rules. So this, you know, when with this solar aspect that we were seeing, look to the Leo house and how that is going to be affected. Uh, and with the lunar uh, aspect, look to the Cancer house and see how that might be uh, affected. Uh, there's always these interplays that are happening, not only from where the planet is birthing through, the, the birth channel it's coming through, but it's going to be providing for and, and uh, affecting those areas that it has responsibility for. So the moon is the the steward of the Cancerian house in your chart, whereas the sun is the steward of the Leo house in your chart. Um, 
and it's going to be getting some disruptive Uranian impulses. Uh, so, so keep an eye on that. Um, the exuberance of, of Christmas morning or of that holiday is going to kind of start to fade into solemn reflection, I think, as the moon moves through Sagittarius and into uh, more of that Saturnian uh, Capricorn area. Um, you know, Jupiter and Saturn are very different energies. Jupiter is very, generally, when it's in good position, I don't know about now, but it's usually very optimistic, expansive, abundance-orientated, where Saturn is more about uh, sobriety, about re realism, about the world of form, um, about descent into matter, which in, in inherently has limitations. And uh, we become very aware of those whenever a planet is moving through a uh, a Saturn ruled sign like Capricorn or Aquarius. Um, so something to think about on Wednesday. As we move through Thursday, Thursday is where we start to, things are really starting to heat up. Get my notes all set up here. So Thursday the 26th, and I'll move my chart forward here. Woo! Okay, on Thursday the 26th, uh, very early in the morning, 12, 13 a.m. on the East Coast, uh, we are going to be experiencing our new moon solar eclipse, which is the big uh, aspect or the big story of the week. And it is happening at four degrees of Capricorn. Um, if I back my chart up just a little bit here, we'll see what that looks like. Now remember, new moon, new moons are always when the sun and the moon are conjoined, okay, conjunct, or in the same sign and degree. So you can see this happening here. A new moon solar eclipse is when this conjunction happens very close to one of the nodes. And in this case, it's the south node. So that's very important. It's also conjoining Jupiter. Um, so we've got this Jupiter south node energy that is very much a part of our new moon eclipse story. Okay, so we're going to have to unpack that because those two things are somewhat different. And uh, this new moons generally speak to beginnings. Um, new moon eclipses are beginnings of larger chapters in our life. These eclipses generally happen in twos and threes. Uh, we generally will have a new moon eclipse, solar eclipse, where the, um, the moon is blocking out the light of the sun. And then we have a full moon solar eclipse where the sun is blocking out the light of the moon. And those usually happen within two weeks of one another. Sometimes there's a third eclipse that happens after that in the cycle. Um, but a lot of time we're just seeing two of them. And we can see this as like a period where we're initiating the changes that are going to happen and having a transition period or a Bardot period. I've heard Austin Coppock describe it as a liminal space where Everything is kind of in flux where the, the caterpillar has gone into the cocoon and is dissolving into liquid and reforming itself into a new form. And that's kind of what our life is doing during eclipse periods is we're, uh, and this is also why, we're, why, why we are sort of vulnerable during eclipse periods too, because everything is kind of in flux and in change. And the new, the new has not completely uh, crystallized into form yet and oh, the one of the things that i've read when i was studying modern astrology was you know that the moon is kind of short-circuiting uh, out the solar vitality and the uh, kind of this objective perspective of the sun and i think that that could probably apply to traditional astrology as well where some of our more baser instincts or more of our um emotional deep deep-seated stuff is bubbling to the surface and we're losing touch with some of our rational qualities. Remember the, the, the sun was the light of the mind and like an ability to ha have objective uh, perspectives on things. And we may be losing that a little bit as we get eclipsed. Remember in, in, in the ancient world, eclipses were uh, malefic events. They were things that people feared. They were things where, you know, if you saw that something was swallowing the sun, they, they literally thought a demon was swallowing uh, one of the lights, the life-giving lights, the sun or the moon, respectively. And in this case, it's going to be K2, the south node that is swallowing um, 
swallowing up the sun. And K2 was the, the severed body of a dragon that had stolen the elixir of life. So we had the severed head, which was Rahu, and the severed body, which was K2. So the body uh, was about processing old things, and it's kind of like the giant anus of the universe where things were passing out of being. Okay, I know it's a little, maybe a little crass to think of it that way, but it's where things are getting recycled, where you're you know, absorbing anything that was useful and then crapping the rest out. It's a place of compost and release. Um, so this new moon, even though it's a new moon, since it is conjoining K2, is going to be associated with maybe the beginning of an ending. Uh, I, I could see that being the case. And it's going to be uh, related to Jupiter as well, because Jupiter is going to be very close to a conjunction with all this. And Jupiter is going to be making its Kazemi uh, very shortly after, a day later. So examine... Of course, we want to examine where the eclipse is taking place, the Capricorn-ruled area of our chart. That's, that's the birth channel of where it's going to come in. That's going to kind of be the, where the story begins. But this is going to be very much related to the Jupiter area of your chart too, Pisces and Sagittarius. So like, for example, in our Virgo rising chart here, if I were just to show you an example, this Virgo rising person or event or, or whatever is going to be experiencing this coming through the fifth house of children, of legacy, of good fortune, uh, coming through the uh, uh, how they take pleasure in life, and there may be some new start or new uh, requirement that requires them to let go too, and it is going to have ramifications for both the seventh house of partners and the fourth house of home and family. So those, this is part of the narrative that is happening. Now, it also is going to affect the 12th house because the moon, I'm sorry, the sun is the steward of that and cancer, which is the 11th house of friends. Now, it looks like <laughs> this is the thing. When you have big events like this, they have reverberations out to many areas of our life, not just one. So th through that focal point of fifth house of creativity, children, places of entertainment and pleasure, uh, could be through sexual pleasure or, or sexuality, uh, there are going to be re reverberations out into the other areas of uh, your life as well. So, and this is kind of how life is, right? We, we have one event that it affects other things, it affects our schedules, it affects our partnerships, it affects where we live. Uh, and this is going to play out over many months, though. This is the thing. With this new moon, it's not just a one-month cycle. This is a, 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 at least a six-month cycle where we have another set of eclipses that are going to be happening next summer that are going to be related to this. Um, so it's kind of a big deal, kind of big stuff. And this is going to initiate a lot of the energetic qualities that we're going to be seeing with this Saturn-Pluto conjunction, too, because you see now that Saturn and Pluto are in that condition called cholesis, where they're within three degrees of one another of being bonded together. So we're going to start to see some of the themes that are coming up with that Saturn-Pluto conjunction in January when we are experiencing the full moon uh, lunar eclipse around the 10th, 11th, and 12th. That's when all of this stuff comes to a head. So we are going to see a lot of what happens on Thursday and, and leading up to this coming to a head on Thursday, but also setting the tone for the next six months ahead. Okay, now uh, you're going to see in the picture that I'm posting related to this, uh, a juggler. And, but the, juggle, the juggler is silhouetted against the sun. I thought that was a cool image because it, it, it speaks to both the eclipse energy, but also the, the uh, first decan of Capricorn with the, the, the person juggling the two pentacles. And we just, we've discussed this in prior videos, but just to give you some heads up with this again, this is where we are deciding where we want to build, where what location would be best served for uh, putting our material um, plans into action. So there may be some dis indecisiveness that comes up with this, this eclipse where we're trying to figure out what would be the best place to, to put down roots, what would be the best place to, to enact our material plans, 
And, uh, you know, that may be part of what we're trying to decide in the, the, the coming months of 2020. Uh, where are we going to make this new start? Where are we going to, you know, uh, what needs to be let go of so that we can start to, to rebuild again? And, and make no mistake, there will have to be some rebuilding that happens with Saturn and Pluto conjoining because it's, that, that Saturn-Pluto conjunction is going to break down some of the old structures that weren't serving us anymore, and especially ones that were, were deeply seated and that, that potentially had some corruption associated with them. Pluto is going to bring stuff up from the underworld and, and, and you know, potentially break down some of the things that had really crystallized in our life. And it, it may be a little bit painful. There may be some fear associated with it. Uh, but this, this eclipse period may be speaking to both the letting go and, and the, the new start that we're wanting to, to make within that. Um, it is in a Saturn ruled sign, so it, there will definitely be a Saturnian tone to this where you have to come face to face with your limitations. This may be the wake up call that shows you where, where you um, need to let go of something in your life and where you may have gotten some bloat or where you may have uh, you know, uh, figured out where some of the, the excess was happening. And with Jupiter involved, the, remember, the way that Jupiter is, is going to expand is through coming to terms with limits, uh, through maybe getting rid of the, the bloat and through getting rid of the things that we don't really actually need. That, those are the ways to move forward um, with Saturn being provided for, I'm sorry, Jupiter being provided for by Saturn. And it, that's Jupiter in its fall too. It's not the most comfortable position for Jupiter. This is not like fun, happy, fun time, Jupiter. This is like, you know, realistic, necessity-driven, Anon-K Jupiter, where it's like, yeah, okay, I guess I have to do this. It's not fun. I'm not happy about it. But that's the only way to promote uh, growth on the horizon is to really come to terms with the reality of the situation. All right, so like I said, the next eclipse is going to happen at 19 degrees Capricorn with a full moon uh, between Capricorn and, and uh, Cancer. Um, it's close to the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, and it's close to Mercury's Kazemi moment where Mercury is going to be reborn. So we have uh, a Mercury that is kind of coming into the heart of the sun pretty soon as well. So those two areas of your chart, Virgo and, and Gemini, are going to be getting a you know, a new burst of energy as well. Um, all right. Don't charge your crystals also. This is another PSA. Uh, a lot of times people in the magical community would be like, I'm going to charge my crystals on the new and the full moon. And that is generally okay to do if that's something that you're into, but not really a great time to do this in eclipse energy. Eclipse energy, uh, if you want to do something beneficial, do a little ritual for, for K2, uh, <laughs> you know, like feed him something. You know, K2 likes things that are black and like, you know, black rice, black salt. Uh, and if you give him something to consume, he may not, he may be a little bit more merciful, uh, on not consuming something really important to you. <laughs> like, uh, I know that during this last eclipse, periods. Um, I don't remember which one it was, but I think at the last one, I, I cracked a wisdom tooth and, you know, K2 wanted uh, bone, <laughs> you know, and over the last year I've had to, you know, really examine my, my dental routine and, and how I take care of my dental health and things like that. And it's, I've, been able to keep that tooth and, and, you know, through, through discipline and who knows at this point, maybe the, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get a good progress report when I go back to the dentist and say, yeah, you're doing a great job and you get to keep your tooth or there will be something that happens where it's like, nope, you got to get rid of it and, and it's got to be pulled. It's a wisdom tooth. So, um, but those are the kind of things that we're talking about. Like, and you know, with K2 involved here, there's a consumption type of energy happening, a processing, an old processing with old corruption and that potentially old decay that needs to be let, let go of or restructured in some way. All right. Friday, the 27th. Let's take a look at that. Okay. 
All right. On Friday the 27th, we are still uh, getting used to whatever that new karmic impulse was. I like thinking of new moons as karmic impulses now, or divine assignments, excuse me, divine assignments, where, you know, we're having to pay attention to what is coming up in our life and figure out what is required of us. Not, not, it's not just what we want, it's what is required of us. And that, that is going to be even more the case with Saturn involved and, and that Ananke type of experience and energy. What do we need to do? Not what we necessarily, what we want to do. What do we need to do? What is required? necessity what is necessary for us to do and friday we may really start to feel that because the moon is going to be making its conjunction to saturn and then a conjunction to pluto and then we're going to be seeing that that solar conjunction with with uh jupiter and the sun the jupiter kazemi moment um the moon will escape the bond at 6 15 a.m at 20 degrees okay that's where it's outside of the 15 degree uh area of being burned up by the sun so to speak and one of the things that we look at with uh, in hellenistic astrology is what is the first aspect that the moon makes after being under the bond and in this case the first aspect is the conjunction with saturn bum, bum, bum. you know it's when the, when the moon makes an aspect with a malefic planet first um, there's probably some sort of severing quality or limitation quality uh, especially with saturn if it's making an aspect with Jupiter or Venus, that was that tended to be a, more of a optimistic thing. In this case, I would say that as we go through this um, lunar or new, new moon solar eclipse, we're going to come face to face with whatever the new limitation is that we have in our life—the new Saturnian thing, the new uh, um, our new responsibility. I think that we may be faced with some new responsibilities. That may not be super fun, but if we Saturn up a little bit, and that's one of my favorite phrases is Saturning up is, you know, facing the reality of it and just kind of acceptance. I think there's a, a quality of acceptance that's going to come with this, this solar eclipse that we have to accept the work. We have to accept the hardship and accept that that's just part of our life. Life isn't always about expansion and growth. It's sometimes it's about contraction and, and letting go. And if you really take that to heart and, and don't expect progress and abundance at every single turn, um, you're probably going to have a healthier emotional life. Because I think when we start to get really upset is when we don't see the type of progress that we want or we don't see the, the bills, you know, I don't know, we don't see our bank account constantly increasing or something like that. And I think this is a myth that we've been given by especially in Western society of this unlimited growth potential. And I, it's just not the way nature works. You know, we're in winter right now. We're in the Saturnian winter. And in, in wintertime, all the plants like consolidate, they slow down. They uh, lose their leaves so that they can consolidate energy for the spring that maybe inevitably will come and will return if they have faith. <laughs> and it doesn't even... I don't know if trees have faith, they just do their thing. And that's kind of the, I don't know, the Taoist perspective on it a little bit is it's not even really about your faith. It's about just being in touch with the natural cycles of things. And this is something that we are going to have to come to terms with uh, as a society because we are in the, a downturn. Um, we're in a winter of a grander scheme. And it's painful because we tend to see things only on the little microcosm. But a lot of what we're experiencing with all this Saturn-Pluto stuff is the ending of a much, much larger cycle, but also a beginning. All endings are beginnings. That's the kind of the thing, like if you study the I Ching and the Tao Te Ching, is every ending is simultaneously a beginning. And that's, that's something to really, that can give you hope as you go through some of the necessary endings is, it is birthing something at the same time. And I think it's important to keep that in mind as we go through what could be some, some difficult months ahead. Um, some, some times where you may lose a little bit of hope and you may feel a little bit oppressed or depressed by just the reality of your life. But I, I think it doesn't have to be as uh, um, heavy if we just realize that it's part of a, a grander scheme. It's part of a, uh, just, it's just part of nature. And if we 
I think the pain and the suffering comes. I like to differentiate between pain and suffering. Suffer, pain is something that is you can't avoid. That's, there's just pain involved with being incarnated in a body. And, but suffering is when you are, uh, I think suffering happens when you are experiencing that pain, but you're not accepting it and you're resisting it. It's when you're tensing all your muscles up, that's when you start to suffer because you're making that pain worse by, by you know, going against the grain and, and not relaxing into the pain you know, and resisting it. So I think if you can kind of relax into the pain, let go of the oars of your life and let what is going to happen happen and accept your either your responsibility, it doesn't mean you do nothing. This is something I was confused about when I first started studying Taoism and the, and the I Ching. It, a lot of it is feels defeatist at first, where you're just like, oh, you can't strive for anything. You can't do anything. I don't think that's what it means at all. I think what it means is you have to accept the things that you have to do. And that, that is what it means not to strive is, is acceptance. Uh, if you have to go out and, you know, do more work, that's part of not striving. That's part of accepting that that is the reality of your life. And I think that's the way to, to view what we're going through is, you know, same thing like my, astrology teacher Achuta, Achuta Bhava, I'm still getting used to that, Talk, when he talks about Arjuna in the, the Bhagavad Gita, and he was generous enough to send me a copy of that uh, many months ago, and he, you know, I, I believe that the story was Arjuna is having faced with having to go to war, and, you know, he's feeling really, um, really uh, conflicted about it, and but you know he he speaks to the deity or Krishna in some sort of form and and talks about well this is just part of your reality you can spend time like resisting it or you can accept that that's part of you know your divine assignment basically and I'm I may be totally butchering that story I believe that's the essence of it though I'm not an expert uh, on those sacred texts um, definitely not as much as Achuta is and. Uh, you know, he, he has a new channel, I think, if you want to get more involved with those stories. But, but it definitely resonated with me as far as like accepting that, yeah, you are going to experience some pain in this lifetime. But part of that's just part of life. And that is part of the beauty of, you know, of opposites, uh, the beauty of a holistic perspective on life. And, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. It's that yin and the yang. There's a seed of the light within the dark, and there's a seed of the dark within the light, and they're constantly interacting with one another. Um, if you want to know, uh, it's a really great book to kind of get in touch with that on a, a very a way that is very well explained is the Tao of, of Pooh, right, of, of Winnie the Pooh. Now, that was a good book that, that helped me understand Taoism just in a very uh, easy to to digest way. Uh, the Tay of Piglet, not I didn't like that one as much. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it's a series. If you like that one, that's fine. But uh, I got a lot out of the first book. Um, and I, I maybe I'll post a link to that if that's something that you want to read. It's a real easy read, real short read. It's, it's, it's very good. Um, okay. So this, let's just talk about a little bit more about this Jupiter Kinzimi moment. Start of a new Jupiter cycle related to the Saturn and Pi, or Sagittarius and Pisces houses in your chart. Uh, it's going again through that first decan of Capricorn, which is the Jupiter ruled decan. So it does have some dignity there. This may be related to a change of circumstance. This is about where you're going to plant your seeds. So there may be something related to that um, Sagittarius and Pisces area of your chart where you are making a new material start somewhere. Maybe you're getting a new job. Maybe you're, you know, joining a new organization. Maybe you are uh, joining a new gym or, or a new club of some sort. And potentially that uh, new ground, that new area uh, is more fertile. Perhaps it is, is somewhere where you can grow with goals that are more in alignment with your own goals or with people that have more alignment with your own goals. I know that as a family, we experienced this recently when we, um, we joined a, a, a different um, swim club and it was a, it's a little bit more competitive and there are people that have a little bit more goals that are slightly more in alignment with where um, 
you know, my daughter wanted to be with her swimming. Not that the other club was bad or anything like that. They just, they were, uh, it was a good, a good place to, for people that had that specific goal of learning to swim and to, and doing all those things. And now it's just a little bit different environment. Um, but that's a, a, a legitimate, realistic uh, manifestation of this kind of thing where you're making a new start in a new area that may be more supportive of your new identity that you're taking on with all of these trines with Jupiter and the sun, the Uranus, trying to break free of all these old patterns that may have been holding you back in a certain way that just aren't, a, you know, it's not even about holding you back. They're just not a reflection of who you are anymore. So this is a great time to, to make a leap to some sort of new environment that may be more supportive of who you are now and what your goals are moving forward. And you have to really do a lot of soul searching and meditation to, to figure out what those, what those are. Um, the, the downside of this is this, you could have ambition associated with this that is, you know, potentially um, mis, misguided or misdirected. Uh, I know that like, you know, just to piggyback off of the athletic thing, like you have to be careful with young athletes not to overwork them or like, especially in, in swimming, it's easy to get repetitive stress injuries in your shoulders if you do too much too soon. So you have to kind of ease into the new workload. Um, I know in our case, we, it, the workload is increasing, the yardage is increasing, and the difficulty is increasing. But at, what we have to do is be very um, diligent about doing it in a very slow and steady way. Okay, and this is really what Jupiter and Capricorn is asking for. You can't just go whole hog and, and just increase the workload and say, oh, let's just do everything all at once because that will lead to an injury. Uh, and this may be a metaphor for what's going on in your life. You can't just do everything right away with the new start. What Jupiter is being required to do is slow and steady wins the race. Show up every single day, you know, gradually increase what you're doing, and that will lead to more stability in your life. And, and this is really, I think, what this Jupiter Kazemi moment is too. It's this birth of this new cycle. If we think about this technically, uh, let me just move the chart a little bit so you can see what this may look like. Um, I want to move it closer to the beginning of the chart, the, over to the ascendant here. Okay, so you see here now in our chart, I've got Jupiter and the sun right on the ascendant, okay? And what is happening is Jupiter uh, was going in the inferior, I believe, yes, the inferior conjunction uh, with the sun. So with the outer planets or the superior planets that from our appearance here on Earth have a, uh, a appear to be outside the orbit of the sun, uh, what, a, what a superior planet will do like Jupiter is at this Kazemi moment, it will switch from being an evening star appearing to rise below the, after the sun to a morning star where it rises up before the sun in the, on, on the eastern horizon. Remember, we're actually looking at just real things in the sky here. And eventually this planet, Jupiter, is going to separate okay, from the sun and the sun will be here and Jupiter will start separating and it'll eventually come to a trine. Okay, it'll go into its, around here, it'll go in retrograde motion and keep appearing to go into this area where it's the opposition. And then at the next trine, it'll station direct. And then it'll come back around the zodiac and make that inferior conjunction, which is the new start of the new cycle. Okay, so, you know, Jupiter is a little bit weakened by being. Uh, under the beams of the sun, but is going through that furnace of rebirth. So all those new starts that we're trying to put into place, they may not feel stable right now. They may feel, you may feel shaky as you put the new, the new energy into play. I know that like, if I go back to just our own example as a family, like there's all sorts of new techniques that are being incorporated in my daughter's swimming technique. And it's, it's uncomfortable at first. It's, it's new. It's weird. There's all sorts of new things. But eventually, by incorporating the proper technique, that's going to make her a lot faster as a swimmer. And in your life, if you are putting on the new 
using the new techniques in your own life that are more, um, uh, you know, able to bring about what your, what your actual goal is, you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable at first and a little bit unstable. And then as Jupiter moves away from the sun here, when it escapes the beams, right, at about 15 degrees of distance from the sun, that might start, those patterns might start to be more established. I, I can see this happening in my own life. I predict what's going to happen here. The increased workload, she's going to get used to it. She's going to, her aerobic capacity is going to start to increase. She's going to start to incorporate the new, um, you know, the new techniques into her stroke. And then it's going to, you know, lead to some, some visible results. The results may not be visible for a period of time. Um, if I clear this here and I try to show you when we may start to see visible results here, because this may be instructive. So we, what we're looking for is when Jupiter is going to get outside of a 15 degrees separation. So you can see here, I'm moving my chart forward in weeks because it takes a little bit of time. So here we see there is about, there's some separation here, all right? All right, so there, there it is escaping the bond, okay? At about, oh, around, around January 17th or so. It just so happens to be my daughter's birthday. So <laughs> happy birthday, Jupiter escapes the bond, you know? Uh, so uh, yeah, little Capricorn right now getting, getting, getting very Capricorned. Um, and that's, that's the thing, like any of your Capricorn folks in your life, like, you know, if they're doing things in probably their preferred way, it's slow and steady wins the race. And as I've mentioned in these videos in the past, it's been very instructive for a lunar uh, solar type person such as myself, um, where, you know, my progress was, you know, leaps and bounds sometimes and not necessarily uh, consistent. I would, I would be the type of person that would tend to like just obsess over something and really absorb it, make a giant leap and then like have to rest for a period of time when that's not the, that's not the Saturnian way. That's not the Capricorn way. Uh, that way is much more like slow and steady one day at a time. You show up consistently. It's not going to be these giant leaps. It's going to be these gradual steady improvements. And I'm not saying one, one way or the other is better than the other. It's just different. It's, and I think both are necessary sometimes uh, as far as finding a balance between the two. Um, but I think that uh, what we are experiencing in the sky right now is much more conducive to that slow and steady Capricorn pace. So I, I would say that um, that is the way to possibly navigating these oceanic waters of Capricorn. And, and I th thought that was cool because... Um, Achuta had some really great insights onto Capricorn being associated with the ocean and uh, being almost Neptunian in nature because of the uh, inception chart or the discovery chart of, of Neptune where Saturn was conjoining Neptune. And I thought that was very insightful. Remember, Capricorn is the sea goat. It is not just a goat or a mountain goat. It's like half fish, half goat. Uh, so it is at home in both land and sea. So there's there is definitely depth to it that we are exploring. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Let's go on to the weekend here. I mean, that's most of our astrology here. We've got some, some stuff to, to, to look at on Saturday here too. Uh, I'm going to go forward here on the Saturday. Uh, on Saturday, the moon is moving into Aquarius uh, about 12, 21 a.m., it's still going to be in that new moon phase, which is going to be active for the first 45 degrees of the, uh, from the, the conjunction to, you know, well, no, to the, yeah, to the waxing crescent phase, which starts at the, at 45 degrees away, according to the eightfold system of, of lunations. Um, and we're going to see a square between the moon and retrograde Uranus at 5.32 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, so potentially a little bit of a, conflict between the Aquarius ruled area of our chart and the Taurus area of our chart. Uh, we have a conjunction of the moon and Venus at 9.07 a.m., which is uh, a, hopefully a pleasant thing. And the other two things that we're going to be looking at, and these are the last two things because there's no exact aspects on Sunday, which is fairly rare. Um, that's kind of a day where you're, you know, <laughs> on astro.com, they call it make a wish day, you know, because there's not a whole lot of 
uh, exact aspects happening. Um, so maybe it's a good day to make a wish or maybe it's just a day to chill out and catch your breath, you know, with all this stuff happening, um, you know, leading up to Sunday. Uh, but on Saturday, we are seeing um, Venus moving into the second decan of Aquarius, which is associated with this card, uh, the Six of Wands. Okay, you can see it's now in between 10 and 20 degrees. And then Mercury is going to be moving into Capricorn uh, at 11.55 a.m. Uh, and I'm going to stop my share for a second so you can see these cards in depth. So let's talk about Venus for a minute. And I'll do this quickly because we're running a little long here. But Venus is in the second decan of Aquarius, which is the Mercury-ruled face. Uh, this is the Six of Swords, uh, which is called uh, Earned Success in Book T or Science in the Book of Toth. Uh, Austin Coppett calls it Heaven and Earth. And this is kind of the, the marriage of the known and the unknown. All right, we're seeing a figure being ferried across a, a river or a lake or something, you know, moving away from something that they are uh, they know and into something that they are maybe mysterious. Maybe it's the river sticks. Maybe it's the transition from life to death, which is the ultimate unknown. Uh, it is a bridge between uh, the exile and wherever they are going, like maybe the oasis. Um, I like to think I had a thought about this when I was thinking about this, and I thought about Frodo leaving Middle Earth at the end of uh, The Lord of the Rings and, and retreating on, on a boat into the West, you know, fading into the West. That, that seems like a very apropos image for this, where he's, he, he's leaving behind the Shire and, and, his, and his friends and the known and going off into the unknown. He just, he cannot return to the old way of doing things. It's just, he knows too much. He's seen too much. He has to go on to something new because he's changed. And that may be what we're experiencing with Venus a little bit here is maybe we've realized that we have, we've been changed and we just cannot go back to the old way of doing something. And we have to embrace that new way of being. And it may be a little bit uncomfortable at first. We may have to see some of the beauty in the complexity of, of our new reality. Um, we may have to appreciate some of the, the abstractions, right, that are coming in. Like maybe there's not something that where everything is concrete with Venus being in an air sign. Um, but we have to harmonize our old life and our old way of being and the new. And that can be something that is, uh, takes some time. So you just have to have some patience. This area of the zodiac is very fixed too. Aquarius is a fixed air sign. It's Saturn ruled. So, you know, it's, there is some objectivity involved. Saturn being one of the most distant planets in that seven, seven planet, seven visible planet scheme where we're, Get it coming to terms with the overall picture, how all the pieces fit together. This may be a time where you're just really seeing all the different parts of your life in clear focus and starting to make the attempt to unify them all into a, a workable reality, all the puzzle pieces and how they fit together. Because you're, you're definitely going to get some new, new divine assignments, some new impulses, some new reality checks at that eclipse. And now we're going to try to have to harmonize them all together. Okay, with Mercury, Mercury is moving into that first decan of Capricorn, again, with this figure trying to juggle uh, different realities, different physical needs, um, maybe weighing out where to plant seeds. And uh, it, it's leaving its exile uh, in the sign of Sagittarius, so it was pretty uncomfortable. Um, communications could start to improve. We may start to think about uh, instead of just thinking, getting really fixated on what we believe and really having a, a, a position of self-righteousness potentially in Sagittarius, we might to see, start to see where the practical application of both not only our own perspective, but be able to, to start to weigh someone else's perspective as well. That could be what we're experiencing with this juggling energy too, is saying, you know, maybe we, we are softening off of our uh, one one perspective and starting to take other realities into account. Uh, it's on its own terms from zero to seven degrees. So Mercury will be able to, you know, have some support by, by its curriculum setter. Uh, it's kind of like the, the teacher that's saying, okay, Mercury, I am very uh, sympathetic to what you want to do, communicate, do, do commerce, uh, see multiple perspectives, move swiftly, um, be able to, according to Robert Schmidt, destabilize, 
right? Being able to like divide things into categories. So there, there may be an, a, an ability that is supported now to, to see the different categories of our life more clearly. Um, it's very earthy. It's in the earth practical sign of Capricorn. Uh, it is Saturn is providing for Mercury now instead of Jupiter. And Saturn, it's going to be with its host Saturn. So that's another condition that changes. Saturn is able to see Mercury and say, okay, this is what you need. I know what you need now. But you, it may be uh, sober thinking that it needs. And it, we may be more able to have a, a, a sobriety after the religious fervor that we experience with Mercury and Sagittarius. Okay, well, that's what I've got for this week. Uh, looking ahead to the 30th through January 5th, we're building up to that, that you know, full moon eclipse that's going to be happening the second week of January. But next week, we have a, a trine between Mercury and Uranus. Um, a conjunction of, of Mercury and Jupiter. Um, Mars is going to be leaving its domicile of, of Scorpio and moving into the Jupiterian or the jovial sign of Sagittarius on Friday the 3rd. And then we're going to experience a first quarter moon, perhaps the first crisis point in this new moon cycle. Uh, so that's what I've got for you today. Um, if you are liking these videos, make sure you hit the like button at the bottom. Uh, if you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe, share it with your friends. That's always very helpful. Um, if you want to contribute to future episodes, the best way to do that right now is I have a Venmo link there. If you want to contribute something or a PayPal me, that's always very much appreciated. I had got some really good comments on ideas for the, the Patreon account that I have planned, planning and that I, I am planning and putting in the works soon. So I appreciate that. If you have more uh, ideas about what kind of um, weekly or monthly content you would like to see as part of a subscription service that would be perks beyond just the, the, the videos that you're getting here weekly, which will still remain free. I'll still put those up on my YouTube channel, but I'm going to offer some things that are exclusive for subscribers. So if you have more things that you think would be beneficial for that, leave them in the comment section below. I really appreciate all the feedback I've gotten so far with that. And if you know, if you want to, the other thing that you can do that is, um, will be, hopefully be good for you and, and can help support what I do here is schedule a reading. I always like seeing my, my listeners and, and reading for them and, and looking for their, uh, whatever is going to be happening for them in the, in the weeks or months ahead. This is a great time to get a year ahead reading too. That's something that you could do if you wanted to book a session. We can look at your year ahead and see what annual perfection that you are in, what house is perfected, what is your perfected time lord. We can look at where the eclipses are affecting you, where the Saturn-Pluto conjunction is affecting you. There's, there's all sorts of things happening. There's a, a Venus and a Mars retrograde happening in 2020. So this is actually a really great time to check in with your local friendly astrologer and uh, you know be able to get a bigger picture viewpoint of what's coming in the weeks and months ahead. So I hope that was helpful for you and uh, I will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Peace.